Hello, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Right now, I'm in Southern California having a good time in the things of the Lord as me and my wife are here. I look forward to seeing you this next Sunday, so I'll be ministering back again from the home base there in North Carolina. But while on the road and while even in a hotel room, praise God for the internet, I can bring you a special message. And today I would like to talk about being transformed more into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, our walk with the Lord progresses as we continue our journey with the Lord. You're not the same place today that you were with the Lord 10 years ago. The things have gotten better as far as your knowledge of God, your understanding of his ways, your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. These are things that we are increasing in. And today I want to talk about one of the major factors that is always involved in the changing process. And there are multiple things that God can use to move us forward in this conforming into the image of his son. But one of them he uses very consistently. Let's talk about it today. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we jump into your word, we ask that your word would jump into us, illuminate it by your Holy Spirit as fresh revelation, fresh manna from heaven. Father, we thank you. We receive it as our spiritual food in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen. Praise God. Verse 18, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. That's very important. The transformation process, okay? It says we are being transformed into the same image. Now, that would be the same image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit has a big part in this role of us being transformed more and more into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We grow, we go, and actually we grow from glory to glory. We increase, we go from one level to the next in this transformation process. Now, as Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, making this wonderful statement, yet just a few verses later in chapter 4, verse 8, he begins to dive in into one of the main character developing areas that God works in. Now, this is fascinating because when we are being transformed into the image of Jesus, there is a part where we have our devotional life. And as you study the Word and meditate on the Word, that's transformative. It's re renewing your mind. It's strengthening your faith, building up your inner man. As you pray in your devotional life, you're drawing near to the Lord. You are receiving the wisdom and the knowledge of God. But my friends, we must also make application of the things that we have learned and the things that we have studied. And the application is in the life experiences that at times can come through not just good times, but also very especially through trials and difficulties. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul, the apostle, said, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Have you, have you ever experienced that before where you're having pressure, not just from the left or from the right, but from all directions? 
that can, it's a tremendous pressure. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. What does he mean by we are perplexed? It means that there can be things in your life, even when you serve the Lord and walk with God, and uh, you know things happen, these trials and difficulties that don't seem to make any sense. Like, why is this happening to me? And uh, there are things can be very uh, challenging to your faith. But even though you may be perplexed and don't understand all of it, or don't understand even a lot of it, it says we are not in despair. Verse 9, persecuted, but not forsaken. And as you serve the Lord, persecution, of course, is something that our flesh certainly doesn't enjoy or like, but it's very important that as we are transformed into the image of Jesus, that God will use these tests and trials, even persecution, in the molding process. And that's why sometimes it's inescapable because God is trying to mold us into the image of his son. And persecution can have a big part in that molding process. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Now for some Christians, their motto is carried about the life of the Lord Jesus. Well, there is that element. But the life is released by identifying with the death of the Lord Jesus, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, the Lord dying to his own self, his own, uh, you know, there's something about ourself where we just want to do our own thing. And there is a place where God allows us to do our own thing. Maybe you like Pepsi more than you like Coke, or maybe you like Dr. Pepper, or maybe you don't like soda at all. So God allows you to have freedom in the things that you like. But there is other areas where we have certain boundaries, where as you serve the Lord, the Lord says, that thing is okay, but I, I don't need you to be involved in that certain thing. And so we have to become not selfish, but selfless. And that is part of connecting with the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So the Lord can work through these trials and difficulties just like he did with Paul. And without all the hardships that Paul had, I don't believe that he would have been able to experience many of the great revelations and, tr and truths that were unveiled to him by the Holy Spirit and by the Lord Jesus. So we know that Paul wrote predominantly the majority of the New Testament, but Paul also suffered many trials and many difficulties that was all part of what God used as the molding, transforming process to get Paul into the image of his son. And God will do the same thing with us because that is really what he's after. And this is very important. God wants you blessed, but God will even supersede certain laws in his word for a higher law. What is that? The highest of them all, which is that we are conformed into the image of his son. Praise the Lord. Oh, it doesn't mean that he's not going to bless you. It doesn't mean that he's not going to heal you. It just means that outside of all of the blessings of the Lord, the greatest thing that he desires, that the Father desires, is that we are molded into the image of his Son so that when God sees us, he sees Christ. He sees the character. He sees the ethics. He sees the morals. 
He sees the language, he sees the talk, he sees the motives, and he sees the heart of Christ in us. Praise God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, it is possible to read that verse and say, oh yes, I, I'll, I'll quote that too. I've been crucified with Christ and actually say it, but not even come close to living it. But Paul really came into a realization that this was a real life experience with him where his life, his goals, his plans were so, so laid down that he could actually say, I have been crucified or put to death with Christ. And that's something that we can step into. You know, I was reading uh, a certain minister, a very godly man. He's in heaven. Uh, he lived his life out and he passed away. But he talked about the time where the Lord had taken him through some great trials. And because he had yielded to the Lord's will and surrendered his own will, that he came out on the other side of this experience with a deep walk with the Lord to the point one day where he saw, he had a vision and he saw Christ on the cross with his you know, arms spread out and he was being fully crucified. And in the vision, he saw himself, the minister saw himself superimposed and put up on that cross over Christ. And then out of his mouth, he, he spoke these words under the anointing of the spirit. And he said, I have been crucified with Christ. But see, he could say that because of the dying experience, the molding, the transforming experience that God had taken him through, through some great trials and difficulties, and he popped out of it on the other end victorious, and that expression came out of his mouth after he had that vision, I have been crucified with Christ. So you can, you can be a carnal Christian and, and read Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 and quote it, but be a million miles away from living it. But God actually wants to bring us into it. And one of the main ways that he can do that is not just through Bible study, not just through prayer, but actually after we have done our devotional life and we have knowledge of the word, then God, it's like he takes us into the test or into the exam room. And now we have to apply everything that we've learned, not just theoretically, not just in our head, but in real life experience through a challenge or a trial that may be sent into our lives. And God looks for our response and wants to see that we would respond like his son would. And so it's fascinating. I do believe that during these trials or challenges, these tests or exams that we could use a natural parallel with that when they come, I believe that they shouldn't be something that we have to dread, but something that if we embrace it with the knowledge of God that we've been developing and walking in and really apply that, I believe that you can go through that exam and pass it with flying colors. You know, in the natural, if you're going to have an exam in a university or classroom type setting, if you really prepare and you know the material and you've learned the material, you go into that test not weary or fearful, you go into it confident. And of course, when the test is presented and you see the questions, well, you know the answers, why? Because you prepared, so it's just a matter of executing the exam filling in the blanks or writing the paragraphs or whatever you need to do, but all in all, you're going to be okay because you've learned the material. Uh, and so that's the way we need to be. But if you go into an exam unprepared and you didn't put the time in and you're not, uh, you, you, you don't know the material, now you have a reason to be nervous and, uh, you know, this is, that's no fun. I've been there before in the natural 
and uh, that's that stuff I don't like facing so I made corrections so there's an exam I'm ready for it but also in the spiritual it's very important as well that you can go into these trials when they show up and they can just come in out of the blue you can go into those experiences saying I'm gonna go through this because I know what to do I've prepped for the exam now today as I'm teaching this to you it's not like I'm in some kind of uh, uh, how can I say exam or something like that sometimes preachers when they preach they're actually preaching what they're going through um, honestly I'm not really going through anything like that right now but I have before and I wouldn't be surprised that there's exams or tests later in the future I'm sure there will be uh, and you know we're even like Paul said you know we're perplexed we're distressed we're pressed and stuff like that you can have those moments when you definitely are in that pressure cooker situation uh, but right now I'm just teaching this from a happy heart because I believe there are those that maybe this is exam time for you and you're thinking hey you know I'm taking this test and where's God in the midst of it I'm crying out to God and I'm not really getting anything well trust me I've been there I know what that's like so let me just you know from a, a perspective of somebody who's just kind of relaxing right now maybe you know just ministering to you perhaps while you're taking your exam let me say this in a classroom setting, when the exam is taking place, the teacher is not allowed to talk to the students. And that's not only a classroom rule, that's pretty much a heavenly rule too. God expects you to now make the proper application of all that you've learned and hold to his word and trust him and he'll get you through this. And as you go through it, you'll realize that really what he's looking for is to conform you See, see, the tests and trials are no big deal. God could just zip you right through it, or God could even have you avoid it. Uh, but there are things God allows on purpose that we go through that we must face so that we can overcome, prove that the Word works, prove that God is faithful. And when you do that, you'll see yourself popping out on the other end eventually. I can't promise how long it'll take or how short it'll be or how long it'll be. But eventually, if you hold on to the Lord, you will come out on the other side. You can have a passing grade and you can have a shot of victory. But my friends, let's get it right. Let's pass these tests. Let's not grumble, complain, have to redo things because, because we want to graduate and go on the higher levels. We want to be entrusted with greater levels of authority and anointing and we want to please the Lord, and we want the Father to see Jesus realized and manifested in us. Praise the Lord. There have been tests in the past. There was one test, a spiritual test, that I struggled because it was, uh, in the natural, it was, it, it was a tremendous pressure cooker situation. And I've been through different trials and things like this, but this was one that was really, uh, the heat was on, and it was not letting up. And it was a financial trial that went on for several months, with the ministry and it seemed like financial resources had just been cut off it didn't make any sense uh, this was years back but it didn't make any sense and I was like Lord me and my wife were tithing the ministry is tithing so you know we give we sow seeds so this this is this doesn't make any sense but yet the whole time the trial was going on God wasn't saying anything he wasn't he wasn't explaining to me what was going on you know I would bind the enemy and uh, plead the blood of Jesus over the finances, but nothing was changing. So I, I just, you know, fell back on what we should all fall back on. I fell back on the word and said, well, Lord, Lord, I'm just going to stand on your word because I'm obeying you. I'm walking in covenant with you and your word works. So I'm just going to, I'm going to hold to your word. I believe I'm going to pop out of this and I'm going to be okay. And so I stayed in faith, but I tell you what, uh, the situation didn't change. Now, for those of you that have been in what I would call maybe an extended battle, 
or an extended exam. You have to you have to be real careful at towards the end of it. Some of the some of the hardest questions can come at the end of the exam. You have to be real careful that at the end you don't let up and you stay strong. Well, on this one financial test, I got weak at the end because uh, you know, of course, you're being battered by the enemy's assaults of doubt and unbelief, the arrows that he's trying to shoot. So you have to keep the shield of faith up. But for whatever reason, I let my shield of faith get down a little bit, and I began to look at the natural, you know, bills piled up and uh, sitting on the desk unpaid, no, and the money's not there to pay them. And after a couple of months, I said, Lord, I said, when is this going to end? It's like a, it's like a financial drought. And as, as I began to talk a little bit, I began to slip over into a place of complaining. Now, the whole time I'd been out on the test, I had never done that once. I just had stayed in faith and confessed the word. But on that particular day, maybe I just felt sorry for my situation. And I began to not express, how can I say, my concern. I began to re really, in a sense, to be honest, it was just like complaining. I just said, Lord, it doesn't seem like you're hearing my prayers. And Lord, I've cried out to you and nothing's changing. And now I knew in my heart I shouldn't have done that. I knew I should be holding to the word. This is a test. You've been through these things before, but I'd never been through one that extreme before. So, uh, you know what? I just, I just yielded to some unbelief and I began to express not that God was unfaithful, but I was just like, well, Lord, where are you? How come you haven't come through for me? Now, now stop and think of this for a moment. Let's flip to the other side. Let's go over into the spirit realm, the invisible realm. The whole time I'm doing this, uh, Jesus is watching me and he's listening to every single thing I was saying. Woo! Now be careful because the same thing is happening with you. Maybe you're in a place where you desperately need a job, you need employment, and it seems like you're knocking on doors, but you know, you're not getting the call back. You're not getting the, the job that you need. Maybe you're in a place where you're sick and you're holding to the word of God concerning healing, but it's, it looks like nothing's happening. It looks like it's not working. Okay. Be very, very careful with your words. Be even more careful with your heart attitude because God is faithful. You have to give, uh, you have to give the Lord time to work and you have to let him work on you. I believe sometimes the reason he doesn't lift the, the siege that the enemy is laying against you, that he doesn't break the embargo, is because he is conforming you through the pressure into the image of his son. That's the whole reason God is allowing it. That's the whole reason Job went through the trial and test that he went through, is because God was conforming him into his image to give an expression in the earth of who God is and what God is like, so that others could hear about the goodness of the Lord. Well, what took place is that when I had said those things during that day, uh, I went home later. I left the office and went home. But later that night, I, I felt like I sensed in my spirit. When I say felt, I, I, I would rather, I, I think a better word is I sensed on the inside that the Lord wanted to talk to me. So I told my wife I was going to go down to the ministry office and uh, just seek the Lord in prayer. And so I, I went down to the office and began to spend some time in prayer and my wife called me to see how I was doing. I said, I'm doing okay. And as we were talking on the phone, she was giving me an update on the bills and how many bills we had now that were unpaid, that were still unpaid and desperately needed to be paid. And right when she was talking to me, Jesus, in a vision, I saw him. He walked into my office and I told Kelly, I said, I said, I need to get off the phone. 
She said, well, why? She said, we're talking. I said, well, um, I need to get off the phone uh, right now. And she said, oh, okay. And she understood. So I, I hung up the phone. And as soon, as soon as I hung up the phone, the Lord Jesus said, we need to get to the bottom of this. Wow. And uh, I knew the moment he had walked into the room, because I, I could tell the look on his face, I knew this was not like a happy glory moment, okay? So this is part of the prophetic some people don't understand. I, I, I love all the happy moments. I love the glory moments. But Jesus is very serious about us taking him at his word. And if that's all we have is just his word, then that's more than enough. And so he's very, he's very, he, uh, the closer you get to him, uh, he'll really deal with you if you ever get over into unbelief and doubt. And trust me, he really had a talk with the apostles after his resurrection. After he uh, uh, was raised from the dead, he went and he talked to them in a room. And he said, and it says he rebuked them for their unbelief. So you would think he would say, hey, I'm back. Aren't you glad to see me? But it says he rebuked them because of their unbelief. These things are very, very important to the Lord. So he said to me, he said, we need to get to the bottom of this. And when he said that, he somehow... He stepped into my heart, and we went down. We went down together. The vision continued, and suddenly it's like we were on an, uh, an elevator inside Stephen Brooks. Now, this is interesting. The office room that I had there uh, had a slab concrete foundation floor. And so when Jesus came into the room, I was sitting in my chair. And so it's like he stepped into me and in my spirit. Now remember, on your inner man, you, you have great capacity. Your spirit has tremendous capacity. You're designed to live for eternity. And there's a tremendous capacity for God on the inside of you, that, which is why you can, your spirit just, it, it can just consume the Lord and the things of God continually. Our bodies need sleep and rest and our minds need to break at times. But your spirit is just vast. So Jesus stepped into me and we went down. It would be like an internal elevator inside of me. And so, and you've got one on the inside of you too. And so he stepped into me and it's like we were in an elevator and we started going down many, many floors, down, down, down. It's, I, I don't know how many floors we went down, but it was deep. And when we got all the way to the very, very bottom, uh, the elevator uh, hit the very bottom of, of the floor of my heart, the floor of my spirit man. And it sensed to me like going to the very bottom of the deepest part of the ocean, okay? And when the, when the elevator door opened, me and Jesus stepped out of that area of my heart into a large open platform area on my heart. It was, it was an amazing experience. And when we went down, we, I knew that when we had gone to the very bottom, the core of who I am, the core of my belief, the core of my faith in Christ as a Christian, and my, my knowledge of him as my savior. Because when we stepped out, we stepped out on solid bedrock. It was, the, it was the very foundation of who I am in him. And so we walk out of this elevator at the bottom of my heart, very, very deep down on the inside of me. And when we stepped out, he pointed to a billboard. Uh, it was bigger than a sign. It was like a billboard, the same type of sign or billboard when you're driving down an interstate and you look off to the side and you see the big billboard, maybe advertising, you know, a mattress sale or, you know, a car sale or something like that. It was a big billboard. And I looked at it and it had, it had these words written on it. It said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And it was written in big letters, all bold capital letters. It said, though he slay me, 
And, not, and Jesus is pointing at the, at the billboard sign. And, and it said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And of course, when I read that, I, I, I said to myself inside, I didn't say it to the Lord, but in my heart, I said, I know that's in the Bible. I believe that's in the book of Job. But I, I, I right offhand, you know, I'm in the middle of a conversation with the Lord, so I couldn't pull up the scripture, but I knew that was in his word somewhere. And so the Lord pointing towards the billboard, he said, now, he said, what are you going to do about that? Though he slayed me, yet will I trust in him. And he, he, he only said it one time, but he said, what are, what are you going to do about that? Well, I, I wanted to immediately respond and say, well, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I mean, after all, now I can see you're standing right in front of me. So yeah, I, I know everything's under control. And I, so I was, you know, I just wanted to respond and say, well, Lord, uh, you know, I'm going to trust you. And he said, he said, don't answer yet. He said, you need to think about this. Um, in other words, he doesn't just want like a, you know, fast reaction. He, he wants it to be genuine and sincere. Everything about the Lord it, it involves real relationship. Uh, it has to be heart to heart. That's the way he deals. And so he left. The vision ended, and there I am in my office sitting in the chair, and he's, he's gone. And, you know, I, I came out of the vision, and I knew, I knew that by earlier that day, by speaking those things, I had hurt the heart of the Lord by uttering unbelief. I mean, I actually spoke out words of doubt and unbelief in the Lord's ability and in the Lord's power. Well, Pastor Stephen, surely he understood that you were in a trial. Surely he understood your exam and the pressures that you were facing. Yep, he sure did. And he, he had trust in me that I was going to get through it and that I was going to pass it and do a good job. And so uh, he was disappointed when I did not rise to the level that he, that he was expecting me to do. And so, you know, I was, I was heartbroken. I went on a fast and I didn't need anything, no food, no water. I, I believe for almost three days and I really sought the Lord. I really repented and got my heart back. I, I mean, at this point, I didn't even care about the bills anymore. I, I, didn't, I didn't care if I lost everything. I just wanted to please the Lord. And uh, three days later, I went back to the office and I was walking around the office uh, a big part. Uh, this wasn't my personal office. This was the uh, the four-year area, which was quite large. Just walking in a circle late at night, and as I walked in a large circle, uh, when I went to this one area uh, after praying for quite some time, when I walked this circle, going and I went to this one area, it's like I stepped into a portal where light and glory were kind of like streaming down into it. Uh, but it surprised me. I, you know, and so I, I just kept on walking. And I went around the room and I said, now, if that happens again, when I walk back around the room and I come into that same spot and that, that glory sensation, that portal is there, I'm going to stop and I'm going to let the Lord speak to me. So I walked back around slowly and came back around about a minute later to that very spot, walked into it and just light and glory and peace began to flood over me. And I stopped and I stood there and the Lord told me, he, he said, I forgive you. And he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. And he also told me that the, the test was ending and that uh, this is what's amazing. Uh, the Lord, would, he still passed me. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, it sounds like you failed the test. Well, I could have done better, but I still passed. And he passed me. And within two weeks, within two weeks, money supernaturally, and I, and I mean that, it's just supernaturally just poured into the ministry uh, 
unlike anything I'd ever seen before in the history of the ministry. It just poured in, replenished everything. Not only replenished and refilled everything, it overflowed. It overflowed the, the uh, you know, uh, anything that we had before. So we were stronger than we'd ever been before and had extra. And it was, it was just nothing short of miraculous. But here's the thing. Wherever you're at, and whatever you're going through, whether you're perplexed, even, even the Apostle Paul was perplexed, and God allowed him to be, so that even if you're perplexed, what do you do? Just fall back on the Word and trust the Word and, and hold to the Scripture, because that's really what it comes down to. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You need to be willing to let go of selfishness, the area of selfishness, maybe uh, that would be in the same realm with pride, where you feel like everything has to be explained, every has to, everything has to be justified, everything has to be understood, everything has to be like squeaky clean order all the time. Well, sometimes things just, uh, they don't go the way that you think they're going to go when you're really following the Lord, because when you're following the Spirit, He's very exciting. I'm telling you what, when you serve the Lord, you don't have to do these extreme sports. You don't have to, you know... Uh, jump off of a building with a bungee cord you don't you know to get some kind of a rush just serve the lord serve the lord you'll you'll have all the rush you could ever want <laughs> praise the lord amen uh but you just yield see it says though he slayed me now i'm not saying god's going to kill you but i would say this god has a great interest and a great desire to see your carnal man killed the selfish nature killed. He has a great desire to see the old man crucified and nailed to the cross, and that you on the cross, at a point where you can say, I have been crucified, I've been put to death with Christ in the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And God would like to get his people into that place. That is a place of being conformed into the image of Jesus, where that impression, that stamp, just like on a coin, uh, back in uh, you know the, the Roman era when, when they would mint those coins, you know they put the pressure on the coin, and it took a lot of pressure to get that image placed onto uh, you know that piece of metal. But it's the same way God wants the image of His Son, so there's that pressure to push that image in, and oftentimes. That image cannot just be created through Bible study and prayer meetings alone. It has to happen also through the application of your devotional life into real-world trials, difficulties, and experiences. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm glad that you're happy and things are going good for you, but I find myself in the middle of a great trial. What should I do? Well, I would just say just hold on to the Lord, praise the Lord, trust Him, don't say anything negative, don't try to rush God, don't try to force God to do something. Or, or try to hurry God up to, you know, just trust Him. Uh, even if you can't see Him in the sense, even if you don't know that He's working it, from your intellectual perspective, just know from your heart that He is. And you'll see that that test will come to a conclusion. You'll pop out on the other side. They'll be laughing. They'll be rejoicing. There'll be celebration. But the most important thing is that you'll know the Lord a lot better. You'll know Him a whole lot better. And something of his nature will have been imparted into your heart. And uh, that's really what God is looking for. That's the most important thing that he can do is bring his sons and his daughters into the mature image of his son. It's an amazing experience. Praise God. Keep that in mind. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Hallelujah. He took Job through some great trials, but at the end, 
it was so that God could bless him to a greater degree and so that the integrity of God's word could be established throughout the earth. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today, anybody that would be going through the heat of this conforming and transforming process, that they know the greater purpose, which is the transforming of their character in the way they are, who they are, into the image of Christ. So I would say to them today, Father, um, I would say to them, do not come down from the cross. Stay on it, and you're going to see that by connecting with the dying of the Lord Jesus, you're going to, have, you're going to experience the inflowing of the life of the Lord Jesus into every area of your life. So, Father, I thank you that you're making the lives of your people beautiful, and they're going to see the reality of that. So we give you praise through any difficulty, through any challenge. Father, it's always easy to praise you during good times, but we want to be your people who praise you during all times. We bless you. We thank you that you're working all things for good because we love you. We thank you for your great plan. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, let's, let's rejoice in the Lord. And let's take Holy Communion. And, you know, when I'm on the road, what I uh, do is I take this little uh, travel pouch that Pastor Kelly got for me. And I put my communion, communion wafers in it. And uh, that way, when I'm traveling, I can just take one out and uh, get some uh, juice and take communion. So let's take communion. Let's do it together. Praise the Lord. Get your uh, unleavened bread and some grape juice. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We pray over it. We consecrate it. We thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you that you're working in our lives. Even if we can't see it, we know that you're working. And Father, especially in trials and difficulties, you're doing some amazing things. And Father, you have to take Paul through it so that he could write the majority of the New Testament. He had to be able to connect with the Lord and have understanding of these areas, the development and the character of Christ. It can only be developed through many of the great trials and challenges that he went through. So, Father, we just thank you that you're working all of these things for our good. We give you praise. Father, we receive now the body of Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Let's protect together. You know, you just can't please the Lord without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. And you have to have faith in God and have faith that he's a rewarder of you when you diligently seek him. He's going to reward you in the most amazing ways. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you that our sins and our iniquities, our lawless deeds, you remember no more. Father, thank you so much for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. Let's receive the blood of Christ now. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Before we go today, I want to say a, a thank you to all of my partners and friends, church members who send me Starbucks cards. Hallelujah. Or all kinds of, you know, uh, some of you send me different types of cards. I just want you to know I really do use them. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you won't be able to use up all those cards. No, you'd be surprised at how many of these I can drink. <laughs> Hallelujah. They know me well. Praise the Lord. All around the world. Praise God. I just want to say thank you for that. As many of you, you know I like a, a nice latte and things like that. So uh, many of you send me Starbucks cards and they're, they're a great blessing to my life. And when I'm drinking my latte, 
I'm thinking of you and praying for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so don't don't stop sending your tithe and just send me latte cards. No, uh, keep on tithing, but you can send me a Starbucks card too if you like. <laughs> Praise God. All right, I'll let you go for now. Thank you for joining me here in Southern California. Till next time, be richly blessed and praise God and trust the Lord. No matter what you're going through, you are going to see the goodness of the Lord in your life. God bless you. Bye-bye.